name is Bear Siragusa, and you are listening to the Hunting Hound Podcast presented by W Hunting Supply. All right. How you doing, George? Doing, doing good. Doing good. Good. Thanks for coming. And uh, yeah, joining me tonight. It's been uh, it's been a little. It's been a minute since we talked. It's been a while. I think it's been what close to a year, probably. Close to a year, probably. Yeah, yeah. Because I think the last time we talked was before before you moved. Yeah. For sure. Because you moved from. Uh, did you move? Did you move states or just counties? I moved just counties. Uh, honestly, mm. distance-wise, I really didn't move. I moved just over a mountain. Just just changed county county lines pretty much. Just moved to the opposite side of the mountain. Okay. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> what uh, what motivated the move? So, uh, so it come to find out and. Um, so in, in the count, my previous county, the county that I lived in before here in Virginia, um, they ended up having a dog. Long story short, it's a dog limit or a hound limit. I, I might not, don't quote me on all this, but basically I'll just back up. Long story short, I got a notice in the mail saying that um, I had a complaint about malnourished dogs, malnourished equine which that was Cletus on my, on my mule family. Right, um, right, right. I'll just go and jump right into it. So basically I got that. Um, they sent some officials out. Of course, the officials that, you know, there's no problem. My hounds are well taken care of, you know. Oh, absolutely. Have a, a great. I mean, you can see that in any, you don't even need to go farther than your YouTube videos to see that. I mean, it's not like it's hard to document that your hounds aren't starving. And and basically, uh, I have, I have a great relationship with my vet that, you know, he would, he had documentation backed up everything, um, you know, on the, on the side of the mules, the dogs, all that. I was good to go, but they, it come down to the one thing that was a problem. Uh, it come to find out we have a, um, basically a dog limit of max of four dogs for, uh, the amount of property that I have or had not have anymore, but wow. So, wow. I, of course I really didn't think it was a really big deal. I mean, I, I didn't, I had no consideration of moving, wasn't thinking of moving or anything. And, uh, but when I when I went to actually talk to the officials, I found out that pretty much I was stuck. There was other than getting some major rules changed, which that was going to involve court and all kinds of stuff that I, I wasn't willing to go to them steps. Um, I, I was pretty much stuck with the only option of either moving the hounds off the property or possibly lose the hounds to to the county or or move. You know? Wow. Wow. Yeah, it was a pretty, pretty serious deal for us then. <laughs> so. Yeah. 
I can't, I can't imagine. I mean, I can only imagine, or I, I guess I, I, yeah, yeah <laughs> I move, moved across the world with my dog. So, you know, I know, I know, it, uh, I know a little bit of what you're going through, but still, I mean, that's the, you know, when, when I did it, it was like, I did it cause I chose to do it. It wasn't, there was no unfair bureauc- bureaucratic BS making me do it. That's terrible. And, and honestly, it wasn't really, it wasn't really, I mean, it wasn't really the dog, you know, the actual local dog warden. It wasn't really his fault. If anything, he spoke up for me. Um, it, right. it just basically come down to some laws that our county had stuck in there that us as houndsmen hadn't really paid any attention to. It snuck by us. And, of course, it caught up with me. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. Wow. So you became like the sacrificial lamb for this whole, th- this particular to a certain Law. Maybe that sound makes me sound a little bit, but uh, that's what I kind of felt like. <laughs> yeah, kind of catching you on a technicality and just going hog wild right. with it. Right. That's terrible. Okay, so you moved to a different county on the other side of a so, mountain. So, so it ended up. Um, there's. My eyes was open till there's a lot of good people still in this world because when I, when all that. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of the locals heard about it, um, was trying to come up with options where I could stay there. And that, that wasn't an option. Well, I say that I could, there was people that was offering to, you know, to take a few of my dogs here and there, keep them. But I, I knew reality was I wasn't going to get up every morning to go hunting and go to 10 different people's you know houses to pick up. A dog. Right. So right. I immediately put the house on the market. Uh, I think within Two weeks, two, three weeks, it was sold. And um, in the meantime, there was a houndsman that was across across the county line. And uh, he offered up me his property just to use free of charge. Um, it, it bailed wow. me out. I'll forever be grateful. He has a, he called it his camp, but it was a, a nice little log house. Um like I say, it was mm-hmm. it was in the camp style, or it's still in the camp style. That's to this day, that's still where I'm living as of right now. Hmm. But um, oh, cool! Yeah, yep. he he offered it right up to me. It's it was setting on a little bit of acreage where I could move. I, I basically moved the mules, the equine, the horse, er, everything. I moved the dogs all over there. Um, moved over. Me and my wife moved in his little in his little cabin, and right now we're still in the process of shopping or. Um, either for land or basically a house with land or just land and possibly going to build. So we're still up in where we're going to end up exactly at. So cool. Wow. Wow. Yeah. uh, That's amazing. I love, uh, yeah. Depending on the kindness of, you know, the people around you is, uh, especially in this circumstance. I mean, I, the the guy which I know him really good now. I mean, obviously, but at the time mm. I didn't even. I mean, I, I know him enough to say hi at the gas stations. You know, if it's same. You know, we knew each other's names. Um, sure. But but far as you know, as far as I, I asked, him, you know, I I don't I don't even know really to this day. You know exactly. He just he's. I reckon I'm stuttering around all this stuff, but basically his was no no he's like i can just tell you're decent people so i feel comfortable letting you use my cabin <laughs> so. good that's excellent 
That's excellent. That's good. That's good karma right there. That's that's you know having uh you know well, someone looking out for you. That's great. I think even that. I mean, like they say, what goes around comes around. So, so mm. him, the helmsman that I'm talking about, and his buddy, they hunt together all the time. Probably three, four, five years ago, we had um, met. It was a snowy day. We had found a bear track across the road. We had found it at a separate mm. location than what him and his buddy had found it. Um, mm-hmm. Long story short, we ended up with all our dogs on the same track and uh we ended up getting the Mm. bear treed and um helped one of the houndsmen and his son you know harvest the bear drag it out not knowing that three four five years later i would be you know living in in the house our neighbors and you know it's just just crazy how all that works that's that's cool that's really cool that's great um and you have a son easton yes sir yeah did he have to change schools and all that stuff moving out of the county or was he able to kind of stay so we how did that work out for my you? wife had been playing around with the homeschooling i say playing around she's been doing it pretty mm-hmm. seriously so that ended up not being a big issue uh she just continued Good. the yeah. homeschooling um once we moved over there so that that wasn't really it wasn't really too big of a deal Good. Yeah. No, I was, I was homeschooled. So that, um, it's, uh, not a bad way to go, especially if you have other interests. Like, uh, in my case, it was the sled dogs, right. but he seems like he's pretty jazzed to be, uh, out there with you, which is cool he's, to see. He's pretty, you know, we, my wife and I, we talked about, you know, is, is homeschooling going to, you know, I don't know necessarily that we just mean to hold him back, but is it going to, uh, you know, keep him from interacting, but, but we're pretty active in our local church and then just in the hunting world. Mm-hmm. And then it, I reckon our life in general, you know, we're with people around people, you know, interaction with people a lot. So he has no problem with that. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I mean, my, uh, that was a concern my folks had as well, but you know, they enrolled me in boy scouts and, you know, we did a, a bunch of different things. Um, so yeah, got the socialization that I probably right. needed, but at the same time, it gave me the freedom to, you know, as long as I got my schoolwork done, which, you know, rather than dragging it out over a six hour school day, I was, you know, most of the days was able to get it done in two, two and a half right. hours. And I had the rest of the day to do pretty much whatever I wanted, which I think was really positive because I, I was able to kind of deep dive into some skills that I wanted to, uh, that interested me then that I'm very happy that I I know how to do now, like, you know, like we were talking about before we hit record, butchering. Exactly. Uh, You know, I learned to do that when I was 10. Well, and for Easton, it's nice because he can, you know, he he goes hunting with me way more than what he would, you know, of course be able to in in public schools. So he can typically, he can typically do a week's worth of school in like three days. So. Yeah, it gives him a lot of free time to be able to hunt and fish and whatever all we get into. Cool. That's really cool. Um, but you're able to still hunt the same areas. You kind of are able to keep the same same group of guys around you, you know, you're, uh, despite the move. Yeah, the, the move, if anything, was 
probably a better location for actual the hunting. Um, hmm. I'm another I'm another 20 minutes from town, which added, you know, for me to get into good phone service um, near Walmart and all that, I'm probably close to an hour away. Hmm. You know, but but that to us ain't a big deal. I, I can go right out of my backyard and go hunt or riding the mules, whatever. So that ain't we're backed up right. against national forests. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it's nice. Honestly, the, the whole, the whole deal with the house, honestly, I believe, uh, I fully believe is a blessing in disguise. Hmm. So hmm. that's great. I'm really glad to hear that. That's a, uh, cause that's a, you know, I think that it's a blessing in disguise is probably partially because it's 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 worked out but i'm betting that it's worked out because you had a good attitude about it you know if you went into it with like this is the end of the world probably would have been the end of the world you know but it sounds like you kind of rolled with the punches a little bit and and were able to make uh yeah take some lemons and make some lemonade. I, yeah because don't get me wrong there there is times you know there, there's always times when you know something don't go just right or whatever and you you think about man yeah I could be back over at my old piece of property. Yeah, you know, it, it's for us. It's weird right. living in somebody else's house. Yeah, and then sure. still, I think unknown the unknown. You know, because like I say, we don't know when a property is going to come available. We don't know exactly where we're going to end mm. up. So yeah, if you think about that too mm. much. It will. It it'll get you down a little bit, but yeah. you know, from from the start, another thing that helps is my wife's on board with all this. So. All in all, it's like I say, it's I, I fully believe it's going to end up in the better for the long run. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, with that attitude, it Never. definitely will. You know, that's it's. Uh, I, I, uh, I'm a I'm a pessimist from nature's <laughs> side and uh, find that when I'm looking real pessimistic at things, they usually don't turn out that good. So if I actively work on being positive about it and being like, all right, this, this will work out fine. Usually it does. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm anything. So. I might be opposite. I'm, I, my wife, she, she says, I don't worry about a thing. And that's probably a certain <laughs> true. <laughs> gotcha. Well, I mean, it's a good, uh, you don't waste much time then worrying about it. Cause that's, that's, what worrying is, I think, for the very right. most part, a complete and total waste of time. <laughs> right. So, but were you, was there, uh, was there like barns and corrals and kennels and things all squared up for you uh, at this new place? Or did you have to just kind of set up everything they, real quick? They had a lot of stuff there. Um, I did throw they didn't have a specific place for the horses equine all that no it was a big pasture field there but um what <laughs> what i did was just go in there with some electric you know took me two hours throw some posts in and uh i of course immediately i just kind of rigged it up but now that you know i was thinking two three four weeks we'd be in out of there and now a year later we're still sitting there so yeah i've made some I've made a few changes while we live there, but, but it's working great. I mean, there's, yep. there's, there's nothing wrong with it. That's so great. It's That's a little great. bit of adjustment. We don't, 
there is no uh, no cell no like there's there's no service. There's a landline that works most of the time, but the net, mm-hmm. which we we never really had the the TV or anything like that anyway, so that wasn't really that bad. But you know we don't have there's no cell, there's no internet, there's no TV, there's there's nothing. So right. Right. How does that work for you? I mean, because you're, you know, the um, the whole mountain music and mules. YouTube yeah. Deal. Yeah. How's that working out? Um, there, I got to drive. Like I say, to do this interview, I had to drive about an hour <laughs> to get. Wow. So, but now, up where I live, right up the road from the house, there's a little a little place where they. Uh, we just call it the dump. There's a little place where you can go throw your bag trash, the locals doing stuff and they keep some Wi-Fi there. So you can pull up in your vehicle, hook to the Wi-Fi and make a quick phone call or something if you need to. But, but the Wi-Fi isn't good enough to do YouTube or anything like that. So I usually end up driving about, it's 45 minutes to an hour, get to either, um, a local like McDonald's or <laughs> my parents' mm-hmm. house that I can get a little bit of internet service there. So, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, wow, that's uh, it adds some, that adds an extra, an extra it, step to the uh, YouTubing. It it definitely adds to the YouTubing for sure. Now, life in general, mm. I could probably. I could probably stay without internet and all that and be, I mean, mm. it, it was a bit of adjustment when we were first moved in, but uh, there, there's times you almost hate to get in cell service. Yeah. I, I know that. I know that feeling. If it wasn't for this podcast, <laughs> um, I would not, I, I would be a non-entity on social media. Exactly. I would, I'd be gone. I, I try to stay up with the social media and stuff, but it's just not me. I, I struggle. Yeah, it's my issue with it at this point is that it's not me. I don't like it. I I, I begrudge every second I've got to be on there, but it's where everything happens. It's where all of the social things like anything happening with my kids classrooms or my kids classes or anything like that. It's all put on. It's all put on right. social media. So if I'm not in there, you know, at least once a day just to check, you know, they're going to miss birthday parties and gatherings and, you know, th- things like that. And I'm going to miss things because everything is, you know, it's it's like things don't happen anymore if they don't have a Facebook event. Right. You know, and uh, yeah, no, it's uh necessary evil. But uh, yeah, having a, having a drive for it, definitely, it must make you a little bit more deliberate about how you use your time on the internet. That's that's true. Yeah. A little bit less of the scrolling just to scroll sort of thing. (laughs) Yeah, I usually, I'm typically, you know, it used to be once in a while I'd sit down and actually watch something on YouTube. That don't really mm-hmm. happen anymore. I'll, I'll try to get on there and try to catch up on some of what the other hunters are doing or, you know, what. But typically mm-hmm. it's more put a video up and then I'm back out of service. And then I'll try to get back and look at right. how the video is doing and answer, you know, basically do some replies and all that good stuff. But Sure. 
Sure. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. How, um, how is your pack doing after like during the big move after the big move? How did that all, how did that all work I, out for you? Yeah. You know, just different place. They get dog food now. They don't really care. <laughs> No, they don't really care. care. <laughs> you know, they, they get in the, uh, their habits changed a little bit as far as they, they had a weird habit and I let them get by with it. But it used to be when my hunt was over, they could sense the hunt was over. And when I'd get about a mile away from my driveway, some of them would start yipping a little bit or, you know, they, they'd start, a couple of them would start barking because, um, I just had a routine when I get home, it's feeding time, you know, wherever whatever time mm. i get home it's feeding time it right. was a weird thing that i let them get by with and i kind of looked forward to it because you just uh you know you get about a mile from home they'd start barking so like i say that yeah. that changed a little bit for them but other than that they they could care less <laughs> good that's cool that's cool what is uh how have they changed how's your pack changed the last year or so because you've had some litters and things like that, I haven't went you? through, let's see, did, so I had, a year ago, I had Scruffy. I can't. Oh, you definitely had Scruffy, but uh, I, don't, I don't think Scruffy had gone on his, uh, his uh, Don, Don Juan rampage there. <laughs> so I had a litter of, I had, I've had a couple litters, but, but I, the first litter I had of, you know, Scruffy, my mountain vice, and he bred, mm -hmm. which it was not planned, but he bred one of my English hounds. So I kept mm. uh, one or two pups from them, I believe. And um, mm -hmm. I thought I was on to something great. I mean, because they was like six months old. These little rascals are, I mean, they're, they're hitting off the truck. I mean, they're little old boogers, but they're hitting <laughs> off the truck. They're making all the trees. And when I say all the trees, I'm talking about in the, you know, wow. 10 mile run, them little boogers are making chases. Wow. And they're chopping the trees. I get there wow. and they're just chopping. So I thought I'd just done found the new latest, greatest, you know, bear dogs. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, after, you know, after a month or so, I'd noticed off and on, I'd get to a tree and something wasn't just right. You know, I just, I, I could tell somewhere. So finally, finally I started. Um, and when I say something's just right, I reckon as a houndsman, you can hear when something is wrong or they're not treeing just right, but into the tree okay. and I wouldn't really see nothing. I, I would, you know, once in a while you'd see a mark on a dog, but not just a scratch, nothing, nothing serious. And, but I still, I knew okay. something wasn't right. So, so finally I snuck into, um, you know, dogs, dogs treed beside, not far from the road one day. And I just got the wind right, snuck in there and just watched them for a little bit. And, and finally found out the source of, of my problem was them, them little feist hound crosses. They, they took face bark into another level. It was and my, you know, they, mm. they, it probably, if it had been somebody else else's hounds that wasn't familiar with them, it'd have probably turned into an all dog fight, you know. But mine right. was my hounds were somewhat used to them, so it never progressed to that. But, uh, but they, like I say, the, the face barking and explain that out, you know, they was just barking in the in the hound's face, 
there was a tree on the tree when I got there, right. so I wouldn't catch it. But when I wasn't there, they was barking in the other hound's face and and just getting too. Mm. Like I say, it wasn't no minor stuff. It was progressing and getting worse and worse. So, needless okay. to say, yep. I, I um, you know, I just I was forced to stop taking them. I wasn't I wasn't taking any chances like that. So, my, no, yeah. that's that's a tough one. Oh, yeah. it, it hurt because they was. Like I say, they was they actually them little boogers. They had the speed of them feist, and then they would hang in there just like a hound. So they was actually running the front of the chases and actually treeing. You know, by the time I figured that all out, I think they was up about eight months old, and uh, they had done treed multiple bear by themselves. I'd say by themselves wow. they treed, but the other dogs come in there behind them. Yeah. Sure. Wow. Wow. So yeah. It, wow. That's too bad. Yeah, I, I didn't like, uh, you know, having to to move them on down the road. But you know, that, that's yeah, that's, that's part of it. You have, I've realized a long time ago, I have to be honest with myself, or it ends up getting you in a pickle. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's uh, and yeah, the the fighting at the tree. That's 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 a no go. That's yeah. You that's know. that's one thing we, which I think that you know. I've been around enough other houndsmen that there's nobody that will, you know, if you're, if you're a good houndsman, you're not going to let that get by. So I had to, I had to just, just be honest with myself. And I, and like I say, it took me a little bit to figure out what was going on. Cause it wasn't, I'm probably making it sound worse than what it was, but I knew that it was going to progress to another level if I didn't do something about it. And I wasn't, them, right. them little, them little feists, they're really smart. So there's a possibility I could have, broke it but i wasn't gonna take that chance it wasn't working yeah uh, that that makes sense you know it's it's not <clears throat> i do not understand why anybody would want to take a chance like that there are some dogs there are some dogs in this area um that are hunted right. on moose that um you know i have shot moose for they associate me with things that they like but still if they bump into a hunter, you know, including people on their team, they'll go in and right. try and bite. They're just so geared. They're just so like keyed up that it's just like it, it's just, it's just like they, you know, blow a circuit or something and just lo lose it a little bit. And you know, in the sled dog world, if you have a dog that when you're doing these passings, you know, the trails aren't wide. The trails aren't you know often aren't any wider than like a snowmobile track, a double, double wide snowmobile track. You know, if you have dogs that reach over and, you know, snarl or snap at another, at the team passing you going in the other direction, that's uh, I mean, that, that's a one way, that's a one way ticket to being real unpopular. So you just can't take the chances with stuff like that. And I just do not understand the people that do, you know, it's, you know, obviously dogs need to learn, but it, they, you know, like my guys, they didn't get many right. chances to make those mistakes because I can't afford it. No, there's no way. I mean, it can get, mm. it can get from a minor thing to end up being a very serious deal quick. Like I say, I don't know. I don't know with the, you know, that hound feist. I don't, I'm assuming, you know, cause Scruffy, he's full feist. There's nothing of that in him. You know, so I don't know if it's mm. just that mixture or I, I really don't know why it, it come out like that, but 
it was something I had to deal with. Was is anybody else uh, running them on there? Uh, let's see. I I talked to. There's a guy that was north of me. When I say north, I think he was up next to the Canadian border, and um, I think he had one of them, and he had he he said he didn't have any problems. So, like I said, I don't know if I just happened to pick the two that did that. Yeah, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. But yeah, that's uh, that's hard to say. But it happened. It happened. It happened with them too. And then uh, the last litter that uh, Scruff was a part of. <laughs> <laughs> and when I say that, and why I'm 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 sitting here thinking about it, but and I got to think about it because he is probably the I'm, he's probably the father of like fifty pups. He was, yeah. Wow. He, he <laughs> he's too smart. He either he knows how to open, he can open kennel doors, he can climb. Uh, he's very sneaky if need be. <laughs> okay. He made a, some way, you know, he made a way. So finally. I reckon I should t- say too, Scruffy. Scruffy is not a man no more. <laughs> no, I, uh, I I picked up on that that he was. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he was removed he, of his essence. Is, yes, so I cured that. But yeah, the last litter of pups he had, I did. I kept one more to try it. Um, and initially, I had the exact same problem. I was aware, so I I, really? I made sure to stay on top of it. But um, same deal. The little the little pup. I still have her dolly. I actually I use her for squirrels and stuff now. But hmm. I never I never kept her to bear hunt. But she she actually just hopped in my truck a couple of days while I was bear hunting, and um, she would. Uh, I think I had her on three or four chases, and and all the chases she was at the tree. And I think two of the chases she possibly treed the bear. I ain't sure. She was way up in front. Wow. Saying wow. that, I I was a very you know I was, I was making sure I was being aware because I was um you know, just from the, my past experiences and yet yeah, same deal she was too at the tr- really? too, too much yeah. in other dogs' faces. Hmm. I wonder if it's just the energy of the fight. Maybe I'm not sure. Just boiling over because I've I've experienced that thing that same thing with um. Uh, like terrier okay. crosses that they just, it, they, they've just got this streak of sort of hardness right. that doesn't always combine that well. It's, it's interesting and it's, but, it's a shame because, um, hmm. I mean, they, they, them little boogers was perfect proof that size doesn't matter. I mean, they was dolly. The, the little female that, like I say, the, the latest one that I had, I mean, she's probably a 20-pound dog. She can, mm. I mean, she'll outrun my hounds no problem. And, um, right. yeah, she's got right. the speed in her, but she can also, I noticed with them them few chases that I had with her, I mean, she she would, I think one one of the chases ended up being probably a six-hour six run, and she was still mm. there at the end. So wow. wow, if there was some hmm. way to get them to pack up together, you know, and get if there was some way to get them to get along, that that would, yeah, 
an interesting pack of bear dogs. That is interesting. Yeah, I was just talking to somebody about size. And uh, we were we were talking about um, uh, there's a there's a beagle female right. out west that uh, treed some monster okay. bear, um, all, you know, right. by herself. And then they put a pack of uh, like a pack of bear dogs uh, on it. And it just ended up being this like walking right. war, refused to tree, just like no, right. no way. There was just, just no way. Um, but tree solid for this, for this, uh, really? beagle. Right. And we were just talking about it and wondering whether there was something with the size, something with, with the size of the energy or, or, something that makes the that made the bear just kind of want to get away from it without feeling threatened enough to make it start getting kind of you know aggressive and and angry and i i wonder a little bit about it with this with the size i've i've you know i with the huskies there's always this attitude that you know there's a there's a there's a very distinct right. line where you can get to a certain point, but then it, where, you know, bigger is better. They can pull more, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But you, you get to the sort of breaking point where you begin to kind of get diminishing returns where the animal's using so much energy, just moving its mass down the, down the trail that, you know, it's, it's not, you know, comparatively not, not contributing. And, you know, where I live here, it's so steep and it's so rocky and it's so uneven that I've seen a lot of the bigger hounds come here and get pretty right. beat up. Um, whereas the dog that's by far able to been able to do the most distance, the most mileage, and actually moved in the steep sections moves significantly faster than my bigger hounds is is my oh, beagle. Oh, really? He is he is much much faster than. Um, you know, either of my plots right. were, uh, and on, you know, full out sprint, obviously the, on flat ground, they're going right. to dust him, but he's just light enough, agile enough and, you know, fit enough that he's just able to sort of buzz around while they're struggling yeah. to get over rocks and trying to keep their balance. I, um, I know with scruff, you know, going back to why does I think I've narrowed it down. I, I believe he, let's see. So let me back up a little bit. The week, the week before last, I believe, or maybe it was the week before that. I don't know. He mm -hmm. probably treed eight or 10 bear by himself. And, uh, you know, uh -huh. that was, that was the hounds either brought him to the road or he was in there with the hounds, but he would always gain, you know, four or 500 yards in front of the hounds he'd show treat and then my hounds would get in there behind him. But, um, I believe, and, and I've turned him into a couple bear that's on the ground and, you know, he'll have five hounds around it. And when he gets in there, you know, he's this little bitty booger, but he'll pop up a tree. And yeah, I fully believe I've watched him enough. I think it's because you, know, some of the hounds will do it a little bit too, but he actually works the bear and, you know, the hounds will, they'll get him bait up. 
you know, and they'll stand around him barking. And if the bear goes to move, yeah, they'll try to balk him or whatever. But Scruff, hmm. when sure. Scruff gets in there, if he has the chance, he's got that bear spinning. You know, I mean, just don't, you know, he's, he's all around it. Like he, he makes that bear, it, the bear's going to move. You know, he's, something's going to happen. And, right. Right. And yeah. Oh, and that's interesting. That's uh, super interesting. You know, I've noticed too, he's not, he's not crazy. You know, he's not like suicidal or anything. And he'll, he'll usually stay just right. out of, he'll stay just close enough where he annoys the heck out of the bear. But, and then of course the same thing, the bear, you know, I've watched him do it a few times. The bear will, you know, lunge at him or swing a paw or whatever. And he, and he just can't connect with scruff. So I, it's so right. annoying that he just goes and climbs up a tree. I that's that I what it's what I'm wondering about. You know, if you, you know, if if you know, yeah, it's what I wonder about. I wonder if it's the difference between being overwhelmed and feeling threatened. <laughs> that they're just like, this is just what the heck is going on? This I cannot handle this right now, and they're just up a tree. They're just like, get. Get me to that. Get me away from this thing. Versus, uh, okay, now I need to protect myself. Like I'm, um, you know, throw down with these hounds, kind of a well, you're right. deal. Because, like I say, I've personally watched. You know, they the the hounds will be standing around, you know, at a creek bank or something, barking at him. And all of a sudden, here comes this little mm. black ball flying in there, and he don't say a word. You know, he don't he don't bark at all until he's right in the bear's face. So right, and then he's just all over it, dancing around, and and then you 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 can see a bear that's laying there or sitting there calm, all of a sudden turns into this, you know, spinning, whirling, and usually most of the time he ends up just climbing up a tree. Right, huh? That's that's it's this is interesting enough, so I'm going to want to think about this for a little bit longer um, <laughs> before I make any conclusions about it, because you know it's it's. Um, you know, over here, one of the more popular terrier breeds is the uh, German Jagd okay, Terrier, right? And they're, I mean, they're they're insane. They're they're insane. They're they're like miniature right. plots. They just like they've got no sense of self preservation, right? Uh, yeah, they're like plots on meth. They're just they're they're just crazy. They're crazy. Um, and. They're not, and not like not necessarily in a good way, but they're crazy enough so that they can use them on big game over here. You know, so you've got these, you know, whatever, 12, 13, 15 pound right. dogs that they'll use on like the Eurasian wild, like the Razorback right. wild boar. And it's the same deal as what you're describing. Where, you know, whereas a hound might kind of get in there and get a little too close and not be able to get out of the way, or a bulldog is going to go in there and just like oh, yeah. get its butt kicked while it's also wreaking havoc. These, they just go in and just harass these boars. I mean, so like there's plenty of videos of where you get there and you just see this boar just like spinning around in place. And it's, you know, it's, it's the darndest thing. It seems like there's something about the energy that just freaks them out. I mean, kind of like a, I don't know, like a hornet. I don't know. It's it's the it's the darndest thing. It's, Makes me wonder. I, well, I was even, you know, the 
I probably, I was going through a spell there, like I say, about two, three weeks ago that every bear, the hounds was running, they, they would, you know, some of the bear would run five miles, 10 miles, half a day. And then I'd scruff on them and they'd be treated in like three minutes. So me and the couple guys that was with me, we was, we was starting to debate, you know, will we ever treat a bear if we don't have scruff? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And it's, uh, you know, it, it's amazing when you, I reckon for the people that haven't listened to, you know, what, what would you call it? Episode one of this, um, mm. basically I, I had zero plans for Scruff to be a bear dog and then just taking him along. He's then turned into the, I don't know, a bear tree and little booger. <laughs> wow. That's, that's the darndest thing. And the, the litters that he had, they were with different females and stuff like that. It wasn't like a consistent. Yeah, I had, he had litters with three separate females and two of the Mm. separate females. I kept a pup or two out of just to try. And I I had problems both. Okay. So. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. I don't know. I, Mm. I, I talked, I know, I know the previous, uh, basically that, the, um, it's a good friend that owns Scruff's mom and dad and, mm-hmm. and they're just pure squirrel dogs. I mean, that's all they are, but he said, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's told me before that, you know, there's possibly, possibly they're getting it from the, the problems I'm having with them pups could possibly be coming from the grandparents or, you know, he said, cause you know, squirrel hunting, you're only hunting one or two dogs. And he said he has seen, you know, where there's a little bit of, you know, there, there's no pack mentality in feists. Or I, right, I can't right, speak right. for all feists. I'm not really a feist expert. But, you know, when you go squirrel hunting with my buddy, they're going to, you turn loose three, sep, three fry, basically you turn loose three feists, they're going to get treed on three separate squirrels, not, not together. Right. You know? Right. They're going to, they're going to go off in yeah. three different directions. They're less yeah. about each other. <laughs> So you know, maybe right. maybe that's something right. to do. I have no idea, but hmm. uh, that's interesting because I mean the the idea of having you know having trailing dogs and then you know bailing dogs or you know trailing dogs and then treeing dogs is not it's it's not a new right. idea. You know, um, it's who was it? I guess it was Von Plot had. But I hope I don't get this wrong because then I'm just going to get all these messages tonight. You know, the night after this goes live, people being like, "What are you talking about?" It was Von. I'm quite sure it was Von Plot that had um, an affection for Airedales. Okay. And uh, you know, apparently he would bring them along, and a little, you know, not that they would in really any way outperform his plots. That wasn't it. It was just that, um, you know, they. They'd be kind of in there, mixing right. it up. And then um, there's a guy named uh, Montague Stevens. Right. Who was a one-armed British bear hunter out. He hunted grizzlies out in, out west. And he had a, he had a little terrier that... Um, 
would help lead him to his pack. This was obviously way before GPS collars and things like that. Um, he ended up training some hounds to do it later on uh, and a Great Dane at one point as well. But apparently the Terrier was fairly... Uh, he experienced some of that right. same stuff that like the terrier would run in there and, and the bear would just be like, what the heck? And get, right. you know, and, uh, the grizzlies didn't necessarily, um, you know, they didn't really tree, but, um, he, he expresses in the book somewhere, um, sort of being surprised the degree to which the terrier was participating. Right in the whole process. So it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thought that I would be very interested to see in practice here because most people who have right. hounds that they hunt bear with, the bear season over here is so short that a lot of the people who have bear hounds, it's not uncommon that they'll also run their dogs on Fox okay. and the Fox is den. So most people who run their hounds on Foxes or a lot of them anyway, have, den dogs or terriers that they'll, you know, that they'll send down to flush out foxes. I would be really interested to see what the reaction would be if they sent their terriers in or a terrier in on a, you know, aggressive brown bear. Man, that that would be neat. Just. It'd be interesting to see. It's got my curiosity yeah, me too. Me too. I, I may need to do some experimenting over here, and then we're going to have to sit down and talk about this again. <laughs> if if I've got a terrier left. But, yeah, yeah that's interesting. Tr- that's interesting. Those feists are an interesting oh, breed. It's, it's so, like I say, I had no ex- previous experience with them until Scruff, and, and I don't know if I have one of a kind or if a lot of them. You know, I would love to know if there would be, because I don't really know anybody else that does what I do with him right but right and he's had some close calls though like he uh that one uh that was not that long ago just a video you put out a couple weeks yeah, ago it was, that was that. where a bear almost yeah got he, he pushed the limit there too far <laughs> I, I, I don't know how i don't know if this this episode will make it to youtube but actually this morning he pushed it a little too far <laughs> oh yeah, did he, so he but um, he's he's the perfect little. I, I've always thought if there was somebody that couldn't walk really good or just an older, you know, a, a dog like Scruff would be perfect to just keep in the truck because he only runs uh, when you when you put him on. He only runs hot tracks, and right. and when you put him on a hot track, he only he'll keep on going if he's if he's convinced he's catching the bear then he'll go two, three miles if need be. If the bear, um, if the bear, if he realizes that he's not catching the bear, he comes right back to the truck. So there's, there's no, I mean, like you can, you're either going to, Hmm. you're either going to a bear tree or a cop bear, or he's going to be right back to the truck in 10 minutes. Right. Right. You're not going to need to go in there and get him. (laughs) Ah, that's so interesting. It's, uh, that's that is super. Yeah, he interesting. went from he went from a little dog that just rode around with me to now he's actually he's he's part of the he's part of Mountain Music and Mules. <laughs> he's, 
Right. Part of the team. Yeah. yeah. He's treeing probably 50% or more of the bear. <laughs> probably more. <laughs> a little bigger. But. Wow. Wow. That's the darndest thing. So anybody listening to this that wants to get a feist <laughs> and see if, see if this is like the wave of the future, please do. And then let me know how it goes. Cause this is a, uh, Boy, that's super interesting, though. You know, I've often thought about if hmm. um, Alex with the the Leica. Yeah, with the uh, Leica. Yeah. If if you if you had one, if he would if he would hunt like scruff style, you reckon? Well, they use they use the Leicas quite a bit now. Um, for as squirrel dogs. So I, um, one of my very early guests was Ronnie Snediger, who's a very well-known, uh, um, squirrel dog guy, super competitive. And he's got a Leica that he uses that is just, uh, you know, as good as, as good right. as anything. Um, you know, I've talked quite a bit to Alex uh, on, you know, on Facebook. I'd love to have him on right. the podcast. Um, super, super interesting dude. Uh, the his dogs, you know, they they are a little bit more what you're what you're describing. You know, they're 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 much hotter nosed. You know, it's got to be it's got to be like you know fresh. I think he said like within the hour for his for his uh, like us to to want to do it, you know, want to pick it up. But then, you know, like his bears, they, they treat pretty quick right. as well. Um, and I don't know, I don't know enough about it. You know, I've, I've not hunted enough bear myself and I've not hunted enough with the like, cause I have hunted some with them over here. They use them on moose over here. Um, but they, they're not as useful on okay. the moose because I think for the same reason that they're good at treeing bears is there, you know, the, the moose can't, they're not going to go up a tree. Their only option exactly. is to run. So, you know, if you get a, if you get a dog that's going to be really in their face and make them feel really threatened, they're just going to run. But if you get a super annoying little thing that's making them feel overwhelmed, they're just going to run. So what you basically need is a dog that's going to find it and then be that perfect combination of like, you know, annoying to keep his focus, but not so annoying that it feels like it needs to get right. away from him. Um, so it, it would be interesting to hear, though. Um, I don't know of anybody who's combined, who have combined the two things. I don't know of anybody who's got who who runs both hounds and right. Leicas or that kind of dog. Um, but, you know, they they have some of the same qualities, I think, as Feists. So I, I wonder about it a it's, little bit. Yeah. It's, I know. I, I always question every, every bear that scruff trees in front of the hounds. I always wonder, would I have treated it without scruff? Yeah. Would the hound eventually right. have made up that five six hundred yards and caught up, or because I mean, it's right. Scruff just like he's a streak when he goes past him. I mean, he just who flies. And another thing, I think helps him right. out is he's silent. You know, when he's running, 
he's mostly silent. So he just all of a sudden shows up with that bear. <laughs> and then, you know, of course, then he's mouthy. You know, he barks then. But. Right. Right. I wonder if there's an aspect of surprise to be, it as I well. Think. I wonder. Because, right. yeah, like Alex's dogs, too, are pretty, pretty quiet until, until they, right. they're pretty, yeah, until they're on right. top of it. Because hmm. I know, like, with Fox here, that's definitely a, that's definitely an aspect of it. Um, if you have a dog that opens up early on a track, like right. a plot, most of the time, Will, that fox is going to stay on above ground for hours, which, you know, for, which is a quality that I kind of liked with the plots hunting fox, because I, I like having as many opportunities as I can to shoot it above okay. the ground um, while it's moving, you know, because when it dens, you have to have a terrier, which I have not had, or you need to be. Or, I mean, even if you have a terror, especially if you have a terror, you need to be ready to dig. Right. Uh, to get that fox out and most, you know, in some cases get your terrier out as well. Um, but I have a Russian hound. And when he was doing his thing, he would stay totally silent until he could more or less see the fox. And so they had no idea right. he was there. And he's this big, long-legged dog. And he would suddenly open up. And it would, I mean, two, three minutes. And it it would go to ground. That dog, I dropped him 32 times uh, in his yearling year uh, in a row. Uh, I dropped him more than that in his yearling year. But I had 32 drops uh, in a row where... He, uh, of those 32 drops, he denned 29 times. Okay. And the longest longest run he had was was 42 minutes. And that was the longest run he had by a full 30 oh, minutes. Oh, man. Okay. I mean, he just, he was totally silent, and then he would explode, and the fox would fully panic and go to the first and best den. Whereas for the plots, they'd stay, I mean, six, seven hours above above ground just kind of because they knew where they had them all the time right. you know they'd take breaks and let them get close and then streak off and the plots are a little slower anyway so they had full control of the plots but the that that initial shock was enough to just totally throw them off their game and they would den immediately well that that makes sense then with what so so my my good friend, my buddy that actually is letting me live in his cabin right now, he has beagles and rabbit with them. Hmm. Got a really good solid pack mm -hmm. of beagles. But um, I took, I just, I always let Scruff ride on whatever we do. So I was letting him go with us while we was rabbit hunting and um, realized that we didn't put two and two together for a little bit. But every time that Scruff would get on the rabbit, we would immediately, he'd go to a hole or a brush pile. And we finally mm. realized that that what was, that's what was happening. Basically scruff and he would either okay. catch the rabbit, either catch it on the ground or it would go in a hole. And we never, like you said, we, I mean, we'd have five minute chases there. There was no, the poor beagles didn't even play a part in it anymore. 
<laughs> right. So, needless to say, right. Scruff isn't allowed to go rabbit hunting anymore. <laughs> he's he's been banned from the old rabbit oh, briars. Yeah, of it. <laughs> that, that's funny. So yeah, I'm I'm yeah. That's interesting. I wonder. I I wonder. I know hmm. it, it opens up a whole can of worms. <laughs> A whole can of worms. Suddenly, I, suddenly I don't have enough dogs. Yeah. Huh. That's really interesting. Yeah. The um. I, yeah. Maybe there's an aspect of both things, both size and mm-hmm. also with the bigger game, and then um, sort of abruptness with. Uh, with these other things because like the beagle i was talking about earlier the treat treat the great big bear i mean she's uh, i'll have to ask for some more information on her how how she is whether she opens up like most beagles do pretty early um or whether she was kind of quiet and opened up a little bit late whether it maybe has more more to do with the style of um you know how babbly they are versus um more so than size maybe i don't it, it's something there's something i we had i mean this is turning into the scruff show i reckon but i walked into i had a bear going i don't know the other day run it with my hounds run it all day long i mean it was getting up into the evening and when i say run it they actually they they only ran it probably a mile and then they caught it and just walked with it and it was in the country i hmm. couldn't I was having, I was struggling getting into them, and uh, finally later that evening, they um they they finally picked a creek, and and the bear was just walking right down the creek, and it was a nice bear, really. He's I say nice bear. He was for us, it was nice. He was probably pushing three hundred pounds. So hmm. I walk in there just with the intention of catching the dogs off. Um, I get in there like a hundred yards from it, just where you can about start seeing it. And Scruff goes flying in there. And that bear hadn't been up a tree all day long. And um, as soon as Scruff get in there, boom, he just pops right up on the tree. Well, at the same time, wow. he did. When I got in there close to him and was getting ready to catch the hounds, he did bail back out. You know. but And it, he went a little bit mm-hmm. farther. And we was able you know, to get the hounds when they was they, they caught him in the creek again. But. But still, it was just, that was that was just amazing how all day long my my hounds, and I mean I ain't gonna say they're the grittiest ever, but they they put pressure on bear, yeah. You know. But it's sure. something about sure, that sure. little dog when he comes flying in there, yeah. You know, I don't know. It it made like that was a nice bear, and it, he hopped up on the tree for probably five minutes. You know, he was just hanging on the side, but right. he did. You know, he climbed up just just for a few minutes. <laughs> And that was the only, you know, all day long. The only difference in that scenario was Scruff had just just got in there. So something, I don't know. I don't know what. what it was. Wow, that yeah. is interesting. That is really interesting, huh? Huh? That is interesting. How? Um, I mean, are, do you always have Scruff with you? Are you? Are you? Uh, I mean, you've been. You've been hunting way longer than scruff's been alive right right so i mean your hounds are 
super solid. They they can typically tree a bear without scruff. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> just uh just just to give credit where credit's due here. I mean, scruff's awesome, but uh, your hounds aren't exactly slouches either. You know? <laughs> they will. They will. Tr- they get lucky once in a while. Tree. <laughs> they get lucky. When the feist isn't with them, they can and, still uh, down. Even I mean, I don't know if it's just the pride in me in them or what, but I I feel like most of these bear I would have treed anyway. I think most of them, but mm. it probably wouldn't have been near as fast. I will I will admit to that. Yeah, and maybe right. some of them I wouldn't treat. I don't I don't know. I mean, there's no way to there's no way to know. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's that's an impossible thing to. It's impossible to say, but at the same time, you know, they are. It it sounds like most of the time, um, when you know you do get scruff in there, it's you know your hounds are already putting quite a bit of pressure on right. the bear already. So you know that that bear might just be looking for an excuse to. That little bit of extra incentive to just bail out or bail I, up. I, yeah, I, I believe that. And and to give, I mean, most of the time when Scruff does has his opportunity, it is after the bear's done been ran for a little bit. You know, he's done went through right. them stages of, of that, you know, going a couple miles, whatever the case, you know, he's at that stage where he's either going to tree or he's not. And then, so scruff runs in there and usually, hopefully that, that makes him tree. Sure. But I wouldn't. Sure. Oh. All, you know, uh, you know, me, my uncle, the three, four, five of us that hunt together. When, when we watch on the GPS and scruff turns around and comes back, you know, usually our, our, usually the, the saying is now is, well, our day just got pretty long. <laughs> okay (laughs) gotcha oh it's interesting you know it's um you know it's a lot of us just just run our hounds you know we don't have the you know over here you've got sort of this innate innate sense that you need more than just the hounds okay you know, you need you need the den dog. You can't you can't successfully hunt fox without a den dog. Right. I mean, you, it's that that's hard to do. You know, you can you can get quite a few of them, but you know, at the same time, you know, if you want to get twice the number that you're getting, you need you need right. a den dog. Um, you know, I talked to Paul Wilson a couple weeks ago, and you know, such a huge part of what they do with the sort of traditional English, uh, mounted right. hunts for Fox, you know, the, the horses are just such a, they're an essential aspect to that whole thing, you know, and it's not that long ago where, you know, uh, there were definitely guys getting out there on foot and doing their things, but where, you know, you had other animals that were sort of key aspects of the hunt, you know, and I I wonder a little bit about it sometimes, whether we've uh, lost a little bit of folk, I I won't say focus, but 
lost sight of um, the the benefit of benefits of what some of these other you know breeds of dog or or types of animal can actually bring to you know what what they bring to the table like you know like scruff or like you know your um right your big white mule you know um it, yeah it, it makes me wonder sometimes yeah it's i i feel 100 percent. you know with without my mules I, I think i would probably still tree as many or a lot of bear without without scruff my pride makes me say that i I think I would tree as many bear, but it is mm-hmm. so interesting when you add them other elements in there. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hmm. It's interesting. <laughs> that is, in, that is interesting stuff. Yeah. Now, now my mind is blown. Now, now I'm off in like mule, <laughs> mule feist world. I'm like, I wonder if anybody breeds feists over here in Norway. <laughs> I don't think they That's do. interesting. I, n- I never, I know I've said this a couple times, but I never thought I would be taking a feist, you know, to actually contribute to a bear hunt. <laughs> and I, honestly, I still, don't, you know, right. I still don't take him specifically to contribute, but it's just, he's done jumped in his, the little role he plays in it. And it don't, there's, there's no downside to it. Cause like I say, he either comes back, um, or if he does, you know, I don't really worry about him too much. I probably should worry maybe a little bit more, but, he can take care of himself and there's, you know, which my hounds handle pretty good too, but he handles like a dream. So, right. You know, there's, there's no downside to it. Right. Interesting. But, Have you had any, uh, hound litters in the last year or so? So, um, I haven't had any, well, I say that I went out, I noticed all right, so August, the first week in August, I had a female in heat, um, and I couldn't hunt her for, I think, the first and second week. But I had her I had her by herself, scruffy. I knew he wasn't, you know, nothing. But anyway, so after her heat cycle, mm-hmm. you know, I put her back in the woods, started hunting her again. And I noticed a couple weeks ago, she just wasn't running just right. And I thought, I almost took her to the vet. I thought something was wrong with her. And then I noticed she was starting to bag down a little bit in her belly. So, yes, mm. I went out a week ago, I think, or two weeks ago, and she had five puppies in her doghouse with her. So, okay. I do have a litter of, I'm assuming it's hound pups, but I do not know where them rascals come from. <laughs> right. <laughs> I feel pretty confident in that. But somehow, gotcha. something has slipped in the door, and I don't know, I, I have no idea. So yes, I, I do have hmm. a litter of hound puppies right now. <laughs> <laughs> you do have a litter of hound puppies right now. That's that's interesting. That's funny. Hmm. So interesting. I, so wow. I'm kind of puppy poor right now because I well I say puppy poor. I got two. I do have. Uh, I have an English, a little English pup right now, four months old, and it's actually. It goes back to the line that I have, which is, um, I'm, I'm not real up to the actual breeds. I mean, to the actual, um, the English line, but it goes back to a lot of hard time stuff. So anyway, mm-hmm. I, I did accept a puppy from a, a guy. So I do have that puppy. And then I got a little plot puppy. I've got some, some blood that's outside of mine that I'm getting ready to start playing around with just to see, see what's okay. out there. 
Cool. What made you want to try the uh, the plot? The plot was um, the plot was a what do you call it? A message I got that was asking if Easton would accept a puppy. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I, I either turn into the, the bad dad of telling my son that he can't have a puppy or, <laughs> which I've, I've been yeah, there. Exactly. So but I, I was kind of, I've always, I do have English hounds. That's mostly what I have in a hunt right now. But I always have a mm-hmm. special place in my heart for plots because a plot is what originally got me, taught me how to hunt. So, okay, fair enough. So yeah, mm-hmm. I've always had, and and I've had, I've hunted a few plots over the years, and always you know, had had really good luck with them. Which in our uh, what would you call it, neck of the woods, Pocahontas is pretty. Mm-hmm. Th- there's a lot of them around here, so. So I, I've sure. had a few Pocahontas plots and, and they've, you know, I, I've had really good luck with them. Gotcha. So gotcha. How old is that pup? pup is actually a, how, do you say Weems? W Weems bread? Weems, you know. Yeah. yeah. Actually, yep. 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 Okay. Yep. So it's actually a Weems bread pup. So I, I'm totally stepping in the dark as far as the line of plots, but, um, it's, I think 12 weeks old right now. Okay. It's, it's just a, it's a just a baby. Story. Yeah. Mm. A little, a little male. Yeah. So that's cool. That's cool. And he's, uh, is your son all psyched about it? Does he know it's his or is it kind of like a, you're going to hold? He, he knows which, you know, Easton is, Easton is used to puppies cause we've had piles of puppies around here, but he's still got that mm. boy love. He, he loves every single puppy and don't want to get rid of any puppies. So, no, that's yeah. I know how that goes. I know how that goes. Held on to dogs that just would never ever have lasted if they were quote unquote my dogs. Exactly. Ugh, you add the kids and it's so awesome in so many ways. But then you know it's like <laughs> you know. That world, that world beater, you know. Oh yeah. Take take the world by storm. That's never gonna be the dog your kid gets. You're gonna your kid's gonna get always get that sort of, you know, cross-eyed, wonky, headed sort of weirdo. (laughs) At least that's been my experience. (laughs) The luckiest thing I ever did was when I got um, Easton Scruff. You know, because Scruff is technically Easton's. So. Yeah, that right. that was the best one that's ever worked out, and I probably used all my luck up on on that one. <laughs> oh, well, let's hope not. Let's hope this. Uh, that's a well-bred pup you've got there. So let's hope this uh, little plot pup turns out to be the next wave of the future for you. I mean, would be exciting. I, I, really, I don't mind for Easton. I, yeah, there's Easton has been to so many bear trees. Uh, you know, he's around the bear hunting culture so much that, that he Hmm. don't, you know, the excitement that I felt when I was this youngster, you know, when I was this 10 year old boy going into a tree and Easton is kind of, he's done been to so many. 
what what am I trying to say? He's he's done been to so many that the just the awe and the wonder of going to a bear tree isn't what it was when I was young. You know, because I didn't get to see many bears when I was younger. If I seen three, four a year, I was lucky. Right, 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 right. Yeah, the novelty's worn off a little bit. So, uh, you know, him yep. him appreciating these puppies and working with the dogs. I'll that's mm. that's I, I love that that I'll do whatever to keep mm. that there. <laughs> oh yeah, yep. No, I I get that. I uh, I just got another pup like a month ago. Okay, from um, Eric right. Bartolo. Over in Sweden, I've talked about him on the podcast a right. whole bunch of times. His dogs, and talked about his dogs. I finally went over there and got uh, got this pup. Vida is her name, and uh, you know it's you can never tell with a little pup, but she's got all these little qualities of like little little things you like to see that you know don't necessarily mean anything, but just kind of give you a oh, good yeah. feeling, and. Uh, She's, uh, she's got a lot of the qualities that I like to see, which is, which is fun. Cause the, uh, the last pup we got here, that didn't really work out. <laughs> I know what you mean. Oh my God. That just ended up being that, that ended up being the biggest, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail, but it, that ended up being the biggest, just, oh, pain in the butt. Uh, ended up, uh, yeah, and ended up moving that pup along, and then it came back a week later with this big old rock in its guts. So I had to operate the dog middle of the night on a weekend, of course. And uh, you know, first thing he does when he gets home is wakes up and. I take him outside, he grabs another rock. I need to like, he's still like half drunk from the anesthetic. I'm dragging rock out of his throat. I'm like, my gosh, if this dog lives in a week, it's going to be a miracle. So yeah, no, not, uh, higher hopes for this newer puppy. She's been here a whole month and hasn't tried to kill herself once. So I'm, uh, feeling pretty good about it. <laughs> So, yeah, but all right, George, I really appreciate you coming on. It's like 1230 here at night and I've got uh, another moose to break mm, down I tomorrow. So I'm going to let you go, but I appreciate you coming on again. I'm glad, uh, glad to hear you guys found a, a good, safe place to safe haven for a while. I hope, um, you know, keep us posted when you find a, a new place, I'm sure. I'm sure it's just a matter of time before that perfect place just suddenly pops up and every last little bricks fall into place, exactly. I think. Yep. So, well, awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you coming Alrighty, on. All righty, Well, I sure do appreciate it. Oh, anytime. Yes, we'll talk to you later then. Sounds good. Bye bye. Man, I love that sound.